And my marriage was so down that I was talking to another girl from my work. But my phone synced up to her computer and she's seen the text messages that the girl was sending me. And then I'm just thinking, I grew up in a broken home. My sweet little boy, he's gonna grow up and be like, hey, your dad did this. And now I'm looking at my daughter. She's, is she gonna be that stereotypical girl or whatever that people say, oh, she has daddy issues and she's promiscuous and stuff like that. And everything's just flooding through my head. Just looking through my phone, thinking about all this thing. And his voice comes and it's like, are you done? I'm like, taken back. I'm like, wait, well, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't me. And then I hear it again. It's like, are you done trying to fix these things? Cause I'm here. Grew up basically without a father um, in, a, in a home that, I mean, obviously there was love and everything like that. I end up having a stepdad. Um, we would call ourselves Christians, uh, but I know my mom would work like 70 plus hours a week, uh, really providing for us and stuff like that. While my stepdad was away in the military, he was a, a Marine. Growing up, I, I started to get older and um, my my dad, I, I call him my dad because I mean, he raised me. Uh, he would basically teach me the wrong things. He would teach me like, hey, like you remember catcalling girls and stuff like that. And he would be like, it was like he, he purposely wanted to make sure that I liked women. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just, it, it just grew and grew um, from there. Uh, they ended up separating. Uh, when I was about 12 because of some some physical stuff. But growing up, high school, uh, I mean, uh, elementary school, I ended up getting into sexual things. I lost my virginity when I was in sixth grade Wow. Uh, to a girl that was older than me. And it was, it was like a mixture of shame and accomplishment. It was like I was, I accomplished this thing that my dad was kind of constructing me at the time and teaching me how to do. But then internally I had the shame and I didn't know where it came from at first. Mm. Obviously then growing up, keep going, getting older, the floodgates came with more sex and pornography, getting addicted to it. So I ended up going through high school, getting into drugs, uh, mostly like marijuana, just smoking. Um, I met my girlfriend at the time she was like a, a good girl. You know, I mean, everyone knew her. She she was uh, with a Christian family, good background, all in sports and stuff like that. I myself was playing sports, but I guess I, I wasn't, I didn't have that reputation. I started talking with her, you know, I mean, just living a life of sin with her dabbling. We went to uh, college together, ended up separating. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of ups and downs of me cheating but she was always faithful and, and staying there. And God bless her, like she's seen the, the best in me when I was looking at my worldly status because once I didn't have a father at the age of 12, I ended up looking at the world to teach me how to be a man because I wasn't gonna ask my mom to teach me. And it was, was kind of hard. You don't wanna talk about guy things with your mother. And it's like kind of private. Like I said, growing up, I, I started looking at the world like, hey, if I'm going to be an alpha, I got to have more sex. I got to have more money. 
and that's that value that is going to be painted on me. So at the time I was uh, after college, that didn't work out. I was partying, uh, having sex, living a lifestyle I shouldn't be living. Uh, my grades were horrible. End up actually getting kicked out of the school because of my grades. Uh, came back to uh, Pennsylvania where I originally am from. Started to go to the community college there. Realized that it wasn't the place for me. And I think growing up with my dad as a Marine, I've had this structure. I was very militant and like structure of my life. So I figured, hey, let's go to school, become a cop. So I was going through um, school at YTI uh, up in Pennsylvania to be uh, for criminal justice to become a cop. Everything was going great, like straight A's, getting like just awards and this and that. And I was actually in corrections at the time. So I had everything made. I was climbing the ladder uh, at this time still. I was just living that living that lifestyle of you know, I mean, sex before marriage and addicted to porn still. There came a time in uh, December of 2011 where Jenna, my, my girlfriend in high school, we were still together at, at this time. And it was uh, it was evident that we were, we were done. I think I kind of hit rock bottom and knowing how amazing she was and what I was putting her through, it, it really hit me. And there was this girl in, in the college I was going to that, you know, she was a Christian. She was always talking about God. You seen a Bible in her hand. She had this glow to her and having that knowledge of Christ before I was like, well, why can't I have that? Like, I have straight A's. I have all this stuff. Why am I not happy? Like, what am I missing? So I ended up talking to her about everything, kind of was open with her, and she was like, hey, just come to church. She was like, uh, do you have a suit? I'm like, uh, no, no, I don't think I've ever worn a suit. She's like, okay, well, um, just get a suit. No, there, there's, uh, like, places where you can get them. So I ended up going to her church in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it was a Pentecostal church. I've never stepped in. I mean, it was a Spanish church as well. Uh, so I never stepped into that kind of atmosphere. Um, but I was I was open to anything because I was low, very low. So when I walked in, people started greeting me, saying hi and there was this moment where this lady came up to me and it was, it was like she looked through my soul, like looked into my soul and just looked at me a little bit as she was shaking my hand. And in this like English, Hispanic, like a deep accent, she was just like, God has a, God has a plan for you. And I was taken back and I looked at Edna, the, the girl that took me to the church. And I was just like, uh, what? what just happened? She's like, well, uh, she's one of the ladies that interprets dreams and she's very spiritual and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't think anything of it. So I continued going to church there, uh, doing like Bible studies on Wednesdays with the guys and my life changed. It was a complete 180, just full of repentance. And I ended up getting baptized, uh, in the river there with the church and everything was going good. I was having dreams, uh, like visions. I, I was like 
fasting three times. Was, like I was by myself at the time. I had my own house. I was fasting like three times a week and just filling in with the Word of God. Then in 2012, uh, I would say not even six months, I was at the end of my schooling. And it was basically a like a mentorship program, but I already had it finished because I was in corrections at the time. Well, the school that I got kicked out of before, I still owed money and everything went into collections and stuff like that. So the school board at YTI, the school I was going to and doing good, they brought me in. They're like, hey, you can't do the last semester because you have to pay this amount of money. And I was like, why can't? I can't come up with it was like over two thousand dollars. I can't, I can't do that. I can't pull out a loan or anything like that. And this is where, this is where the devil really, really attacked me. Even though I've, I had the dreams and the visions and got baptized, I, I thought, this is it. I, I'm my life is meant for failure. I meant to just stay down and be that broken person that breaks people's hearts and and messes with their minds. Ended up going into a dark spiral. depression and stuff like that and finally realized I was either going to become a drug addict in jail or uh, just something bad. So I ended up joining the military. Like I didn't even think anything of it. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell Jenna at the time. Um, I just went, signed up, and they're like, hey, you can ship out in like six months or you can ship out in a month. And I'm like, give me the month. So I, I trained, got in shape, left for the military. Um, at and, this, And when you did this, like uh, as far as like your church community and people who were around you, were they saying anything? Um, and as far as even the dark spiral and, and everything that happened there, like what exactly uh, happened and, and how were people reacting mm. around you? So I know with the church and everything that I was going to, I completely pulled myself out of everything. I didn't go to church. I didn't go to Bible study. Um, the only person that really saw it was Edna. And um, obviously, I didn't go back to school that last semester. Um, and she was just kind of like, hey, what what happened? And I told her. I lied. I was just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm fine. I, I got it. It's okay. But yeah, no one really reached out to me at that at that time. So then that was another reason why I was like, uh, I felt alone. Hmm. I was like, this is, this is it. Um, so yeah, so I ended up joining the military and this is where things got better and then worse. So in the military, you have like a different structure, you know what I mean? And growing up, it was good. It was good for me. So I excelled in, in my, my boot camp, I guess you would call it. Uh, at the time, I was still writing Jenna letters, um, letting her know, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a changed person. Like, the military is making me into a real man. Like, I'm not looking at the world to, to teach me who I, I am and what I need to be. At that time, it was uh, about seven, seven months of training. We're still rekindling that relationship and stuff like that. I'm actually graduating, call it OSUT, one-site universal training. So I was a military police. So I ended up getting Jenna a ring and proposing to her. And I was like, I can't let her go. She's someone special. Like she stayed with me through through all of these things. So I ended up proposing to her at, at my graduation. And uh, 
yeah, lo and behold, they, they shipped me out to Korea for my first duty station. Um, and that was very, very tough for us because uh, the time, the times, time zones and time frames, whatnot. We were engaged, but stuff still wasn't getting better. Like it was better when we were away writing letters and stuff like that. Um, and I was reassuring to her that I was a different person. I mean, I was, I was definitely a different person, like more structured, I guess you would say. But I was still that person addicted to sex, pornography. And this time in the military, guys are all alphas. So we're, we're looking to one up. And, you know, I mean, you hear these cadences like Jody's getting your girl and stuff. It's all about, you know, I mean, stealing that girl. And that's how you become a man. So I'm wrestling with my faith while being in the military. So I ended up coming back, um, ups and downs in Korea with uh, my fiance Jenna at the time. Come back, we ended up getting married. I got stationed down in Georgia, and this is where we had our first son. Um, everything went amazing, but I was still living this selfish lifestyle that all I cared about was myself. Even when Jenna found out she was pregnant, I was somewhere else, like worrying about myself, going out to the bars, drinking and stuff like that. Once we had our kid, things got, it, it, was, it was better. Like Zayden, my son connected us, if you could say, but there was still that selfishness, that, that uh, addiction to sex and pornography that I couldn't shake. And then the selfish actions came more and more. So I was in the, down in Georgia. We were down there from 2014 to 2017. We came up 2016 for Christmas and her family's very close. You know I mean? It's a nice close knit family. Like they all live within <laughs> a couple blocks of each other. One of those. So um, we went up and uh, we were just together and everything like that. Next thing you know, um, her brother, which she was very close to, and I considered him as a brother of mine. Um, he ends up coming down and, and talking, like giving the phone to his dad. And we ended up realizing that he had a deep depression issue um, from like Survivor's Guild and, and some other things. I was on leave at the time for Christmas. Uh, so we ended up taking him or his parents ended up taking him to um, a facility and his parents seen him that night and I seen him that night before because I was about to head back down to Georgia because my leave was coming up. We get a knock on the door. And uh, found out that he killed himself. And he, uh, it was that time where he just, he felt like he needed to take his life. Um, he had a lot of sadness and, uh, it hit the whole family hard. It hit myself hard too, because I know we had some talks about depression because I talked to him about it. So it was a, it was a hard time going back down to Georgia, not only for me, but for my wife, because that was, it was her brother and they were extremely close. Um, this ended up causing even more of a wedge between me and my wife. And then I think this is where I ended up drinking more and being more selfish because I'm like, hey, life's short. Anything could happen. And it was just argue after argue. Uh, 
I ended up getting out of the military because I had uh, I had appendicitis, but then ended up the the surgery went bad while my wife was nine months pregnant and I almost died. So they had to do exploratory surgery. I ended up getting out on medical discharge because of that. So came back up to Pennsylvania, um, lived with her parents for a while, and it was just it was hard. I mean, you would see her brother Cole Cole's room, and it was just a reminder of everything. Um, so we were there with that, with her parents living in their house for about a year with our son, and then we ended up getting our place. Still selfish, broken, materialistic to no ends. I just care about things. A year goes past, up and down with fights. Then we uh, end up getting a house. Once we got the house, we end up finding out we're pregnant again. <laughs> We ha- ended up having our baby girl, Taylin, at the time, and still it's it, it's not getting better. It's still, like I would talk to girls here and there, usually at work, and uh, I mean, ultimately, my wife would end up seeing the text messages and confronting me, and I would just, I was very manipulative and always put it on like I was the victim. Mm. There's a time where... Like I said, I, I played the game. I, I knew how to fake it and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up getting, uh, well, I told her like, hey, we'll, we'll fix this. I need to come back to God. Like, cause I knew what she wanted to hear and I knew how to do it. And I knew how to, to, to fake that. So. Is that something that was common as far as um, her wanting you to, to come back to the Lord? Like, what was that dynamic like throughout your marriage? Yeah. So she, she didn't really say like, like come back to the Lord. Like she wanted me to come back to the Lord. She was just like, why do you do these things? And I think that's where my past of looking at how the world wants a man to be, I kept falling into it. Even though I had all those experiences in 2012 with the Lord, I fell back to, hey, it's all about sex. It's all about money. It's about things. But through that, she she just kept, what she tells me, I know, is she just kept praying. She just kept praying that there would be a revelation or in some kind of a wake up, a calling. Uh, I ended up getting into this um, organization called Men of Iron. Uh, it's where basically men just get together. Uh, you can do groups, you can do one on one. And um, my father in law got me into it, and he was like, "Hey, I think I think you should you should try this." I was like, okay. He goes, well, do you want to do group? And I said, no, because I've done groups before. I know how to fake it. I can just just do it. Um, so I ended up meeting with my mentor, and we we were going over everything. And you know what I mean? But I was still faking it at this time. And I just threw it all, just just faking and faking. Meanwhile, when I'm done with these meetings, I'd go home. Everyone's asleep. I'd end up masturbating or doing something stupid. So there came a time where I was doing this men of iron thing. I was, I was getting taught how to be a godly man. And my marriage was so down that I was talking to another girl from my work. Um, and I knew it was God, but my phone synced up to her computer and she's seen the text messages that the girl was sending me. And at this time, I mean, I put her through the ringer, like everything. She couldn't keep it 
to herself and she needed her family's help. So I ended up getting home from work after the work being like, hey, we just got a call from your wife. Uh, What's going on? So I ended up going home and her parents are there, her uh, grandma and then my mother. And they're like, look, like, do you want to fight for this? Yes or no? And we're like, yeah. And I mean, rightfully so. My wife has checked out. It was it was too much. Like I put her through too too many things. But then here I am again. I got this. I I'll fix it. I I, I got it. You know what I mean? I'll even if I have to fake it for a little bit, I can still I can still manage it. Probably about two weeks after that, we were arguing. And at this time I had my son and daughter, they're a little older, and my son um, he was about three at the time. Like he, he knows what's going on. And, uh, being in a broken home, I heard the, those, those arguments, those physical altercations. And I didn't want that to be anything like that. So I ended up taking my kids out for a walk and I'm just thinking about it. I'm just like, man, it's inevitable. We're getting a divorce. And then I'm thinking, I'm just like, Thinking about so many things, ended up getting going back to the house, and I see my wife inside. I'm just like, I'm just gonna let the kids with her. I'm gonna go outside, just gonna just vent and and, and figure things out and see like, because like I said, it it was divorce. It was it was about to happen, and then I'm just thinking, I grew up in a broken home. My sweet little boy, he's going to grow up and be like, hey, dad did this. You know what I mean? He's going to be, he's going to grow up to be like me, to, to be this wild child. And then I'm looking at my daughter and I'm like, she's, is she going to be that stereotypical girl or whatever that people say, oh, she has daddy issues and she's promiscuous and stuff like that. And everything's just flooding through my head, sitting, sitting down, just, just looking through my phone, thinking about all this thing. And this voice comes and it's like, are you done? I'm like, taken back. I'm like, wait, well, that, that wasn't, that wasn't me. And then I hear it again. It's like, are you done trying to fix these things? Because I'm here. Yeah. I just... I was like, wow. So, I looked up. I'm just like, all right. All right, it's time. I ended up calling uh, my mentor from Men of Iron. I was like, hey, Rick. I've been lying, man. I've been... I've been playing the game. I'm not for real. Like, and he was just like, Oh, hold up, hold up. Let's meet in person. This is something that we, we have a conversation with. So I ended up talking with him and, uh, he really helped me through a lot of things. Um, showing me, showing me things. And it was like a switch just flipped. And I'm at this job right now where, all this stuff happened with this girl. She's gone. I'm still at this job. I still have this reputation, but like, here I am bringing the Bible to work and studying it harder than I've ever 
studied it before, and it was different this time. It was like, it was like God was talking to me as I was reading. Like it just got stronger and stronger. I had this passion, this zeal. Like I had, I'd worked like 10 hours at, at, at work for five days and I'm just reading the Bible constantly. And then I started looking up, uh, like not looking up, but sermons started to come because of what I was looking at on my phone and listening to David Wilkerson, Leonard Ravenhill, Paul Washer. And I'm just getting fed so much knowledge with the Holy Spirit. And as time goes on, uh, it's, it's just getting more intimate and intimate with the Lord. And I think at this time, things have changed. I, I've told my wife what happened. And I'm actually like, I'm telling her, forgive me. I've been faking everything. I, I, I needed God. I, I did. And I knew I had that void and I knew who needed to fill it. And it was the Lord. And ever since then, we just, we've been growing, growing deeper with our relationship. Like at that time when we were fighting, like you don't notice a three-year-old starting to change, but he was starting to change. And I think that's what also gets me too, because our son is six. <laughs> he has a sweet soul. And like now when I'm teaching him about the Bible and stuff like that, he's like, he sees his dad walking that walk with the Lord. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's growing in him. I, I think that's what. That's what gets me. So I'm thinking like, you know, I mean, in Deuteronomy where the Lord says, hey, I want I want these laws. I want you to to share these laws with your family, with your children all the time. So I'm just making sure that this is happening and God, that God's flowing through me while doing this. And yeah, at, now we're here and I'm actually going to school at uh, Langster Bible College for biblical studies. And that was a whole process in itself, wrestling for two months, getting three three signs from God. It's like, hey, it's, it's your time. Like, go. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Devin, who is Jesus to you? <laughs> he is literally everything. Everything to me. He is my savior, my king, my redeemer. He's my life. Yeah. I definitely wanted to share the one thing um, because this was a big part of my testimony was uh, this lust, this uh, addiction. So even when I got back with the Lord, when he called, when, when the Holy Spirit called me and I called my mentor up, Rick, and told him everything, there was still a, a period where I was um, like still masturbating, still looking at porn. And I knew it was like a battle with myself. It was, it was a stronghold. And I, I couldn't shake it. Um, so then I ended up stopping just cold turkey and next thing you know, all these dreams start coming. And I really haven't had dreams all like that. And 
it was um, sexual dreams. And it, it felt so real to the point where stuff was happening in real life. And like, it would wake me up and I was like, why? Um, and then I know the Lord put this in front of me, but it was a, a video of uh, Isaiah Saldivar. It was about the spirit of Jezebel. And I watched it and I was like, Lord, did you, did, is this what you're telling me? Like, is this, is this what's going on? So I ended up praying that night. I mean, just, just crying out to God just to deliver me from this because these dreams would still make me look at women with lust, not do anything, but look at women with lust. And that night I had this dream that I was like making out with this girl. And for some reason I pulled back and the girl had her head down hair. You couldn't see her face. And for some reason, out of nowhere, I said, I rebuke you in the name of God. And usually, you know, you would hear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But I said, God. And next thing you know, this, this girl looks up, her hair's back. She had this gray, ugly, distorted face with teeth, like jagged teeth coming out and either red or green eyes. And she jolted at me, like screaming. And I woke up. Didn't think anything of it, but... Day goes by, no dream. Weeks go by, no dream. And I'm realizing that the Lord delivered me from the spirit that's that's given me that that lustful desire. And it's like now I don't look at women like that. I don't have dreams like that. And it's like I knew that was God delivered me of this huge stronghold that's been on my life that has destroyed everything everyone that I love around me. And it was just, it was a humbling experience. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Devin, for people who are watching your testimony right now and are in that same position that you were when you were um, struggling in your marriage, um, and for that, for that man that's uh, watching your testimony right now and maybe is holding in all of these secrets, what's a word of encouragement that you can give to that person that's watching right now? A word of encouragement is it's okay to talk to someone about it. That when you find that right person that you know, open up to them because we all have the same struggles. This struggle has been going on for thousands of years. But when you open up, when you, when you realize how broken you are and helpless you are, it's like that's when God comes and delivers you from these things and he lifts you up. You know what I mean? It's, it's like what he says in, in Matthew 11, like the, the, the heavy burden, just give it to him. And it's like when you when you find that person to talk to, let it all out. Don't try and hide. Don't try and uh, don't try and play it off. Because I know with me, I was I was good at man manipulating things. Don't do that. Just, just be honest and upfront. And when you do that, I know the Lord is gonna just bless you in so many ways. Hmm. How about for that for that wife that's watching and you know they're on the receiving end. And they're ready to, to throw in the towel to to go through with a divorce. 
because maybe they're seeing in their husband some of the same things that you uh, were struggling with. What can you say to that to that wife that's watching right now? For you, I just want to say, hold on. Keep praying. And a verse that I want you to really hold tight to is in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul shows us that if one person, whether it be man or woman, be of faith, stay with them, and that faith, God is going to start to produce things in that whole family. So keep strong. I mean, if it wasn't for Jenna, I don't know where I'd be at right now. So just please stay strong, keep in prayer, and I know the Lord is going to give you the strength, the patience, and the endurance to go through those things. Devin, any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? (laughs) I just want to say the world we live in is crazy, but the revival is stronger. I just pray that you open up your heart to God and let him change your world and just see the blessings that come from it. I mean, yeah.